Greetings and welcome into the presence of the Most High God. We thank God today for this message. This is a very, very important message. I believe this is an urgent message for the time in which we are living. And this message is something that I believe that we we need to take to heart. And um, because there's a real urgency in the spirit and we need to understand the times in which we are living so that we could um, apply the word of God to our, to our time and to this generation. We're going to look at Judges chapter 2 from verse 7 to 10. Let's turn to our Bibles in Judges chapter 2 verse 7 to 10. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua who had seen all the great work of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Then Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the territory of his inheritance in Tamahad Aris, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Harsh. And all the generation also were gathered to the fathers. And there rose another generation after them who did not know the Lord nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. We're going to title this message today, Make His Name Known. Somebody just declare this, Make His Name Known. Say this with me. We need to make the name of Jesus known in our generation. When we look at our, when we look at our nation, it's becoming more and more painful when we realize how nations that were first Christian-based has now drifted away from the Christian heritage. There are fewer and fewer believers today than there were more than 10 to 20 years ago in the church. Churches are on a decline and it's happening very fast. The youth are going away to, to colleges, to universities to go and study, but many of them return to never go to church again. The Christian voice and influence in our society is even growing fainter and fainter and much weaker as the years are passing. A recent Bible study or recent study done by Barna Group reveals an alarming trend. The research reveals that a number of churches in America has sharply declined or actually risen in 1990 when only about 2 out of 10 adults were churchless. That figure rose to 3 in 10 in the early 2000s and today it stands at nearly half the adult population that is not attending church. Those who never attended church make up 10% of the population but a far higher figure is the de-church, those who were once active in church but are no longer, who make up an exactly a third of the American population. In total, there are 156 million adults and children in, the, in, in America who are churchless, with more than half of those born between 1984 and 2002 being unchurched, compared to just a third of those born in 1946. Today, our text deals with a similar situation in Israel, in Israel many years ago. Judges 2 verse 10 the latter part of the of the scripture says, And there rose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. 
The attitude of the nation had changed in a few short years. The majority no longer seeks the Lord or the ways of the Lord or, no, or has no desire to live for God anymore. In Judges 17.6, we read a very, very important and powerful scripture. The Bible says in those days, there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Oh, my God. Every person did that which was right in his own eyes. The spiritual climate of Israel at that day closely resembles the exact climate which we are experiencing in our day. The question for us is, what are we going to do about the great need we are facing as the church? Therefore, we're going to look at some insights and we're going to study the stakes to understand what we can do as the church. We're going to look at our present day situation and pray to God that God will teach us how to impact our generation. In verse 7 to 8, we see that we see our, our, our first point is the discussion on the commitment of those who were faithful to the Lord. Now, I grew up and I have experienced of, uh, or have seen many faithful men of God that passed on to be with the Lord in a powerful state of life. When I grew up, when I grew up, I haven't seen that I know of many men of God that has passed on already that retired from church. I see men and women of God that have served God until their last breath. And when we read this important um, scripture or this, this this few scriptures, we're gonna see something that that that, that is mind-boggling and, and that is very very important to our generation. And we need to understand what the commitment of Joshua and the judges were in their generation. In verse 7 and 8, the Bible says, And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. We find that Joshua lived to be 110 years old. His life was lived in the service to the Lord. He had stepped in to lead Israel after the death of Moses. But before this, um, before he was called to lead the people, Joshua had faithfully served alongside Moses. And God had prepared Joseph, Joshua sorry, to lead the people that he had faithfully done for the Lord in his lifetime. It is evident that Joshua had a, had a positive and lasting impact on those who knew him and followed his leadership. And we see this even many gentiles, I mean, there's a certain generation that I, I don't see this anymore, but when there were certain people that, um, maybe we look a few years back, people that were born in 1900s and early 1900s or, or maybe after 1950 or so forth. We find that people that served in those generations, they faithfully served the Lord because they faithfully served the man and woman of God they served under. But as we have moved to the 2000, we see there's been a rapid decline in faithful people. We need to take a moment and consider what Joshua, in the book of Joshua 24, 20 to 27, before he died, Joshua challenged the people to remain faithful to the Lord, for he knew his life was nearing the end, but he remained faithful until his death. That's why I said, I said with many people, you know, I said with many old evangelists and pastors, and my heart always used to burn so because I used to see that these guys never burned out, but they kept refiring. 
I used to be mentored by old men sitting in their homes having a cup of tea drinking and sharing their testimonies with me and they would tell me about the great days they had with the Lord and what the Lord did with them and how they were still burning with the fire and the passion that they had and we see that Joshua had the similar passion and fire that he carried Hallelujah. We see that there was a, 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 a real, a real um, hunger for God and a real desire for God until the end of his life. And we, we are in desperate need of such godly leadership today. We need people, hallelujah, that need, we need those leaders that are God-fearing. And we need to understand that what the impact of leadership is upon the generations and upon people. And therefore I said people that served under certain leadership and served in certain generations has been faithful. And some of them has taken the baton and has continued the race. But the question that we are asking our generation, who's going to run the next lap? Who's going to take the baton? So many people, the mantles have been dropped, but not many want to pick it up because many are preoccupied with their own purpose and destiny and life. Mentals has fallen in our day and we, we, need to under, we need to understand that it's important that we need to pick up those mentals and serve the Lord. We need to live in such a way that God can use our lives to impact others. We ought to be praying that God would raise up some leaders in our day. Let's begin to pray, church. Let's pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, begin to release fearful men and women of God, men that fear you, man that walks in integrity, man that walks in the fear of law, of the fear of the Lord, man that will not retire but will refire in the name of Jesus. That is our prayer today. We release it in Jesus' mighty name. We find that this leadership of Joshua's time, they had longevity. When we look at 7b, we look at the latter part of 7, and we look at the latter part which, which we're going to um, um, look into today. And we look more into this text. And we see, and the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. Look at the impact of leadership. Who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. Joshua had been faithful to the Lord as well as those who lived under his leadership. Come on, that is my heart, Lord. Let I be as faithful as Joshua was in his generation. Hallelujah. Israel served the Lord as long as this generation remained. They were committed to the Lord and influenced others to remain committed as well. These were not seeking an easy path to follow. They weren't looking for life of convenience. They lived for the Lord no matter what the price, no matter what the cost, no matter what the stakes was. They lived for God. They were not interested in the in the love of the, and the pleasures of this world, but they determined to serve the Lord as long as they live. Hallelujah. When we look back at our Christian journeys and we look at what happened, we realize that there's been faithful servants, as I said earlier, that impacted our lives. I remember the, the great man, Pastor Steve and Evangelist Hendricks, and there were some great men of God I sat with in their presence and they spoke to me and they inspired me. And this race that I'm running today is because of those precious words. They used to speak to me around those, around those coffee tables, around those places in their homes when I would visit them and just sit and hear what the Lord has done and this impact they had in my life and therefore I've been pressing now for more than 22 years and believing God to go strong and to finish strong until the end and this is my desire for the church and for every person that's at we that we will not retire but that we will refire in the mighty name of Jesus Christ hallelujah we have been influenced by so many that has come that they have remained committed 
inspired in and it was during our time therefore i've always loved to look up to men and women that i've seen it has gone through the test but has stood the test of time they've always stolen my heart when i hear people's testimonies sometimes when i look at great anointings i always want to know the great trouble that brought about the great anointing and sometimes when i sit and listen to these testimonies it's what draws me more than to the power is the is the journey that brought that anointing and that grace today we want people that just wants impartation and laying on of hands and just wants to just wants to catch something but never serve never go through anything to receive that today we want people that are lazy and don't know what it is to find themselves in the presence of the lord we don't know the price that many paid for what they carried and today we just want the store we just want the glory without the story we look at these people, they were facing hard and difficult times. We look at great men of God. They weren't looking to get out of it, but they continued to, to desire to serve the Lord in the midst of contrast or the, in the midst of contradicting circumstances, things that did not look like the word that God spoke over their lives, but they never gave up. We need a generation that's not going to give up. We need a generation that's not going to that's not gonna retreat. We need a generation that's going to say no retreat, no surrender in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus Christ hallelujah but we have lost that in our day church attendance and serving the Lord has become a matter of convenience and of sacrifice most are willing to give of their time and the effort if it meets their schedule we need those in our day again hallelujah who are determined to serve the Lord above all else glory be to god everybody just wants it to be on their time no more sacrifice no more laying down of their lives glory be to god my god i pray today hallelujah the next point we're going to look at today is the is the complacence of the neck or of the neglectful complacency of the neck neck the neglectful sorry for pronouncing the word like that verse 10 says and also all the generation were gathered unto their fathers and there rose another generation after them which knew not the lord nor yet the works which he had done for israel here we discover the beginning stages of complacency and the damaging effects it brings with it the first thing we look at is the contribution and also all the generations were gathered unto their fathers eventually joshua and his entire generation passed away and those who had faithfully served the lord died and no one stepped up to assume the work they were performing it likely happened over time with few things going undone but the damaging trend had begun and that is what we see today in our churches uh, we look at young people they don't know what worship is all that they want is is the is the is the is the is the, is the beats and they're worried about the beats but they do not have intimacy with the Lord. And if we do not deal with these things in our generation, what if we pass on? There will be a generation that does not know how to worship the Lord. There will be a generation that does not know how to pray. Today, church is about entertainment. It's not about the presence. It's not about seeking God. If we do not get it right in this generation, what's going to happen to the following generation? They're not going to know God. They're not going to understand the ways of God. They're not going to live. Our generation is drifting. Our generation is going away. And we are sitting and we are looking and we are causing this thing to increase. Instead of a church that's going to rise up in our day and say, devil, you are not going to take more territory. We're going to teach these young people to lay before the Lord. We're going to teach these young people to spend time with God. We're going to teach these young people to worship the God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's time that we turn it up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. We need to get this right because we understand that later, sooner or later, worship will be abandoned and people will no longer see a need to do it. I mean, I stand today in gospel concerts and I stand in places and I watch over crowds and sometimes it's not good and people might say, why is your eyes open? Why are you looking at other people? But you know, sometimes you're standing with a mic in front and you're, and you're, and you're worshiping the Lord and you look across the congregation and you see people sitting and you see people are not even engaged in worshiping God. People have become more, more, more drawn to entertainment, more drawn to the, the, to the focus being on them and not on God. But if we are the generation that's not going to speak about it, we are the generation that's not going to address it, we are the generation that's not going to rise up and begin to take the stand, what's going to happen to our following generation? Come on, church. We need to arise. Hallelujah. We need to make a contribution to our generation. We will either prepare and equip them to serve the Lord or we will abandon our efforts and leave them without a genuine passion and commitment. And we see this fading more and more. People are no longer committed. Young people don't even want to serve God. And if we as pastors and as ministers do not take the, the mantles of the previous generations, I come on, where is the power of God? Where is the man and woman of God that caught the mantles of the Wigglesworths and the Catherine Kuhlmans and the John G. Lakes uh, raw power of God? We do not see anymore because the church has become complacent we need to find ourselves we need to get up get up get up into that place where the church will arise again and begin to do what god has called us to do there's a decline in churches there's a decline in churches hallelujah because people are neglecting little by little and these things are beginning to spread and it's becoming more and more the neglect is growing hallelujah as those who were faithful in places of service, goes home to meet the Lord. No one steps up to pick up the mantle. Who is picking up the mantle? Who is picking up the mantle of revival? Who is picking up the mantle? God, I want to be one of those that's going to take the mantle and run this race. I know that we need to get busy. The end, we are living in the end times. We are living in the last days. We need a generation that's going to be stirred up and fired up for Jesus. Hallelujah. What will fellowship look like in the next 20 years if the younger generation follows this lead of this generation? Have we instilled enough in them spiritually to continue with the Lord, or are we going to have a Christless generation? We need to wake up. There's a progression taking place. Hallelujah. Verse 10. Verse 10 says, And there rose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Hallelujah. As those who knew the Lord and served him died off, there rose a generation who did not know the Lord. They had not been exposed to the ways of God or taught his word, and there is no desire to learn of him. With the passing of one generation, spiritual darkness has enveloped Israel in this book of Judges. A nation that once served the Lord in that experienced the glory, the power is now a nation that is found in blackness and darkness, hallelujah without being without him being the very center <clears throat> of their being they did not even know the lord no worship him like their forefathers did we're finding that right now people do not have a desire for god don't have a desire for church there's no great things that's going to be done there's a certain generation that went big there's a certain generation that had mega churches there's a certain generation that influenced nations and cities and then there comes a generation that is more focused just on building personal wealth personal gain and personal fame and we need to change that today in the mighty name of jesus hallelujah do you do you see the real and present danger we are living in we see that our nations are heading 
in that direction as the same of Israel, the same as Israel. We see nations that were God-fearing heading into a direction where they are becoming godless. God help us. Hallelujah. We are steady, pro steadily progressing into a nation that does not know the Lord. We are becoming communist. We are becoming communist as a nation, the nation of South Africa. We're finding a rapid decline in, in godly nations. God is becoming more and more absent. They're taking God out of our schools. They're taking God out of, out of so many places where God was magnified and glorified. And if the church does not arise, we can have a power failure. It's time for us to get back up. Hallelujah. We are steadily progressing into a nation that does not know the Lord. As I said, the coming generation has not been exposed to the Lord or his teaching. Therefore, we need to turn back to biblical truths and stop teaching man-made things. Stop teaching man's wisdom. Teach the Bible. The Bible is relevant. We want to be relevant, so relevant that we become irrelevant. Stay to the word, speak the word, declare the scriptures, stop preaching your own mind, stop preaching your own feelings, stop preaching your own convictions, preach the word. Hallelujah. Our churches have become social clubs with, with a little of a religious twist, but there's no transforming power. People come in and people go out every Sunday, every time we gather. People come to conferences and they're never transformed. People come to church and they're never transformed. Father, give us the power. We need the power. We need the transforming power. Our cultures and society is ignorant of the Lord and his ways. And if we don't soon reach the younger generation, we will have an entire nation that does not know the Lord. We need to wake up church. We need to wake up. Somebody say to your neighbor, somebody say to yourself even, wake up. Catch your wake up. Then there was a transformation that started taking place in Israel. In verse 12, we see this. And they forsook the Lord. They transformed from good to evil. The Lord of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods, the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. There was a change in direction. We see this today. People are, are, are beginning to accommodate occultic practices in the house of God because there has been a departure from God. There has been an ichabod in the house of God. The glory has departed. Hallelujah. The glory has departed. Tragically, in one generation, Israel turned from a people who loved the Lord and served him unto a people who rejected the Lord and served other gods. Nationally, they have become a heathen people who served idols in just a few short years. The Lord was forsaken and no longer was God remembered. We see the decline even in this, in this time. The word of God is for us now. We are foolish to think that this couldn't happen to our in our time and in our nation. In fact, we have already contributed to the progression towards forsaking the Lord. Our society is being transformed before our eyes. We see darkness. We see wickedness in, on an increase. We see people turning away from God. There's no fear of God in the hearts of people. People mock God. People speak about God. People say things they shouldn't say years ago. Things like what is now common was uncommon. People are now living lives that are contrary to the word of God. And yet we have come to a place where we have now tolerated evil. Instead of dealing with it, instead of, instead of um, um, challenging or instead of rising up and speaking truth, against wickedness but today we have come to be pamperers instead of people that are speaking righteousness therefore the bible says he no with god and he was no more but the bible says in the book of john Jude, 
Enoch was a preacher of righteousness. We need to become preachers of righteousness. Hallelujah. We are not here to build a fan base. We are here to increase and see the kingdom of God grow. My God. I've seen a great, I've seen greater results in preaching the word of God than preaching my own fantasies and my own fancies and thinking it's all about charisma, which is needed in our preachings. And we do all of these things. Yes, praise God. We need all of those things in the preaching, but we must bring the word of God across. It's only the word and the power of God that can transform people. Today, we need to break away from those things that we have become accustomed to thinking we are winning people when we are actually losing them because we are thinking thinking we are, we are gaining ground but we are leading a generation to a more godless god god and godliness and more without christ than what we could ever imagine my god today in our youths we are more focused on games and entertainment than bringing the children to a place where they need god i had a crusade some time ago and i made an altar call for young people that wants to commit suicide and there was quite a few young people that came out yet there are children that are coming to youth they are spending time in youth what is the word doing we are not here to entertain we are here to bring people to the knowledge of christ we are here to be ambassadors of christ we are here hallelujah to reconcile people back to god not preach the things that we are preaching that is taking people away from God thinking that we need to we need to we need to improve God who's got the right to improve God where do we think we are in this world that we can improve God that we can we can we can we can do certain things and think God is just happy with it we need to be very very careful hallelujah we thinking we are helping people in fact we are contributing to the progression the decline of people forsaking god our society is being is being really transformed before our eyes people are moving away children are going into cross darkness there's no more conviction there's no more righteousness the standard of righteousness is no more no more standard people are there's rapid decline and the church is asleep and we need to wake up we need to come to this place and we need to raise up leaders and we need to be leaders of our generation that's going to be impactful like Joshua was. And Joshua and those in this generation served with him, served the Lord. A nation that once served the Lord and depended upon him has turned a back on the Lord. Society has embraced every false God imaginable and there's no longer any restraint. We are being transformed into people who do not know the Lord, no care about learning of Him. Today we want the convenience. Today we want the happy, clappy gospel. We don't want the thing that brings transformation. We don't want the thing that really transforms our heart. It's all about happy, clappy. All about happy, clappy church. All about, I want to go to this church because here it tickles my fancy. Here it's gospel of itching ears. But there's no transformation of the person. My God, help us in our generation. Hallelujah. We are clearly today in desperate times and we need to respond to this time we need to respond we need to be the church that comes with the solution hallelujah and so we need to respond and the third point we're going to find the answer in responding to this need that we find the first thing that we look at in this third thing is that we need to understand that the challenge for the needful and we're going to find the answers in psalm 78 verse 4 to 7 and we find the Bible solution to this. And as we look at right now, there's an urgency in the spirit. And we need to find ourselves in the place where we need to be. We need to have this urgency within us. 
Verse 4 says, We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He had done. The psalmist now knew the importance of sharing the word of God with our children. He senses the urgency to instill biblical truth in them at early ages. We too must sense the urgency and determine to reach our children and their generation with the truth of the gospel. We have a responsibility. And in verse 5, the psalmist makes this responsibility known unto us. For he established a testament in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Each generation has a responsibility for sharing the word of God to their generation and to their children. They were, they were responsible to make him known among the people. If the testimony of the Lord wasn't shared, they could not blame anybody else but themselves. We as a generation must not blame the government. We must not blame the school. We need to instill godly values and principles in the lives of our children. Church, it's time to take this business serious. Hallelujah. It is easy to seek someone to blame for our problems, but we have no one else to blame but ourselves. We are responsible to share the truth of God with those who have not heard it. We must make Christ known. Our children and society have not heard of the Lord because we have failed to proclaim Him. We cannot depend on our pastors and our leaders alone in the church. Everybody needs to take up that responsibility and make Jesus known. Hallelujah. We mustn't look at our Sunday school teacher, society, people in society, our coaches and all of that. Parents, let's rise up. People, let's rise up. Let's take the responsibility together and make Jesus known. Hallelujah. We need to determine to make the Lord known in our day. Verse 6 speaks about the opportunity that we have that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. Hallelujah. Some of us were, were some people, or many of us were, we had the, had the privilege where our parents would take us to church and it was not something that was negotiable. Today we have a generation where children say, I don't feel like church and they don't go to church and they don't attend churches. Hallelujah. We have people that don't instruct their children in the ways of the Lord. They have just left their children to sit at home and do what they want to. But I'm speaking to a parent generation that's going to say, my child is no more going to have a right of his own since he stays under my roof. They're going to come to the house of the Lord. They're going to serve God whether they're going to sit there in church and they're going to be angry with me because I brought them up to the house of the Lord but it's my responsibility to, to do this because the Bible says train the child up in the way they should go and when they are old they shall not depart from it and some of us had godly parents and some of us had godly godly lineage where, where we were taught the word of God and some was not so as privileged as myself although my father always made sure we needed to be in the house of God he made sure he needed to be in church he got us confirmed and all of those things but we never knew the Lord he never really taught us about the Lord. He never taught us the Bible. And therefore, I've made it my commitment to teach my children the ways of the Lord. The responsibility is not the youth leaders. The responsibility is not the pastors. The responsibility is not the teacher. The responsibility is not anybody but myself. We need a generation that needs to arise right now and take up that responsibility and make it important that we teach our children the word of God. 
We need to teach our children the ways of God. Yes, some of our children we have taught the ways and right now they're not serving the Lord. But you have invested. You have sown. We're leaving the day of increase up to the Lord. But as long as we have invested the word of God into their lives, we trust that that word will begin to yield fruit. Wherever God chooses that that child will be delivered and set free. That day when somebody will just open their mouth and speak the gospel and that child will surrender their life and they will be set free. But remember, it was your investment investment you make into that child's life or into those children's life in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The next point, the last point is the conformity. They conformed. They conformed. And this is what verse 7 says, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Faithfulness pays dividends. If we will commit to it, we are in the midst of a sinful and declining society. The majority has no knowledge of God, no desire to learn of Him. We can reach them for the Lord if we will share what we have received. The coming generation can share in the hope we have, but we must make Christ known if that is to happen. We need to make Jesus known in our generation. We need to arise, we need to wake up, and we need to get to the place where we can make Jesus known. I'm convinced we are living in a day much as in the time of the book of Judges. South Africa, America, and many nations are in decline. Many nations, hallelujah, has lost their witness. The churches are not even noticed. The churches are not taken serious. But something has to be done. We need to rise up. And this is that type of message that I'm praying that God will stir up our hearts, that we will make Jesus known in our generation, that we will proclaim Christ to our generation, and that we will speak for Christ to our generation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, we want to make Christ known. We don't want the coming generation to identify as people who do not know the Lord. Surely, we all sense that there is a need to make God known in our day. As we go into address that need by making our savior known to a lost and dying world or are we going to sit silently by as our society continues to downward spiral away from god if our generation doesn't rise to the challenge and proclaim the gospel of christ we will soon experience a generation that does not know the lord are we truly concerned about the needs of our day if if so why don't we come and seek the lord today at the altar for strength and wisdom to serve him faithfully. Maybe we are among those who do not know the Lord. If so, we want to know Jesus because we want we want people also to know that Jesus loves them. And if you want to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, today is the day. Because apart from him, we remain in sin without hope. But with Jesus, we are hopeful. Jesus died so that we might be forgiven of our sin and be reconciled to God. Today, if you, have, if you have not given your life to Jesus, you cannot impact your world or your society if you do not have Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Today can be the day of a new beginning in your life. Today can be the day of transformation. Today can be the day of great change. Today, I believe that God wants to bring change to your life. If you believe this today and you say, God, stir me up, if you say, first of all, the first prayer I want to make is for those people that says, I want to live to impact my generation. If that is you today. I want you to receive this prayer today. 
And I pray that there will be an impartation of fire and that you will begin to rise up and that you will go forth and make Jesus known in your home, in your street, in your community, in your city, in your province, in your nation, around the world. Make Jesus known. Father, I pray today that the power of the Holy Spirit will descend upon each and every person as they have heard the word of God, as they have heard your message, Father. May there be a stirring, O oh God, to go forth and make Jesus known unto a dying generation, unto a lost generation, unto a generation that is not seeking the Lord. But Father, we pray today for fresh anointing. We pray for fresh oil as the church. Lord, that we will have a desire and a zeal to make God known unto every single person that is lost and dying, unto every person that does not know Christ. I pray, Lord, that you will break the complacency over us, O oh God, that you, O oh God, will help us, O oh God, that we will stop neglecting, but that we will become active and we will become diligent in what we do, Father. We pray today, Father, that the anointing will fall afresh upon the body of Christ. And Father, that our generation will make Christ known. There will be mighty revivals. There will be mighty outpourings. The raw power of God will be made known. The mantles of previous generations will be picked up and we will run the race to which you have called us, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, today that you are refiring our passion and desire within us father to be soul winners to be impactful in our generation in the name of Jesus Christ there were many that has gone before us and they impacted nations and cities today we are thinking about the Charles Finney's and the Charles Persians and we are thinking about the Reinhard Bonkers and the Billy Graham's and we think about the A.A. Allen's and the Oral Roberts and we think about the the many the Wigglesworths and how they impacted their generation and father I pray for a generation that will not retreat with the will not surrender but will be on the forefront that will be on the forefront father god ready to take nations and cities oh god i pray that you stir us up today in the mighty name of jesus christ we will make christ known in this generation they will know the ways of god we will preach the principles of God. We will preach the truth of God. We will not deviate from the truth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray today, as the anointing now falls, as fresh oil now comes upon us, Lord, to fulfill the divine assignment to which we have been called in our generation. This will be a generation that will not die without knowing God. Because right now, the body of Christ is refired in Jesus' mighty and majestic name. Amen and amen.